0: and welcome to the Under Center pod card, podcast, Super Wild Card Weekend is in the books, I've got Rian and Al with me today, we're going to go through all the results, give our opinion on what the fallout is both for the losing team and how their season has come to an end and the winning team and what they need to do to get make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Al, thanks a million for joining me today, how did you find this weekend, did you manage to watch all the games or most of the games?
1: I watched most of them, uh, didn't didn't get to watch all of them, didn't see much of last night's but no surprises there, uh, good that weekend true? though.
0: Was that true, the tears that were in your eyes after the Seahawks got obliterated in the second half?
1: Honestly, that game went way better than I thought it would have, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> and um, no, I'm not upset at all, I mean, the fact that we made it to the playoffs is kind of amazing and then we have a fifth round, or the fifth overall pick, thank you Broncos um yeah i think successful season nothing to be upset about
0: yeah absolutely oh sorry unless
1: the 49ers win the super bowl then that'll be upset. (laughs)
0: which we'll get into this uh that might be more likely than not but anyway rain we were truly independent observers here we had no skin in the game or next to no skin in the game i kind of hope the cowboys would lose but other than that uh not much skin in the game how did you find the weekend how much of it did you get to watch
2: I watched every game, at least, um, on you know, replay. I didn't get to stay up for the late games, but I watched them back. And holy crap, what a what a week of games. They were just uh, a lot of wild statistics uh, and some pretty good games as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I have to say, probably like a lot of people, started rolling my eyes now that the NFL is starting to call it Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know what's super about it, but we actually did get a lot of good games. Probably the best... Wild round of games, that at least I remember in my memory, because a lot of, uh, we got a couple of shocks, obviously, but all the games were pretty much close for at least a half of football and all provided pretty solid football for us to watch. Al, we're going to dive right in. We're going to go chronological order. That means we kick off with the Seahawks. They played on Saturday evening or, or nighttime over here in Ireland. They did fall to Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, Big Cock Brock, as Fox Sports <laughs> likes to call him. I don't know how the director <laughs> decided to air that sign multiple times without realizing what was on it. Or maybe he did. It was after the watershed. I don't know. Anyway, you kind of teased us as we did our introductions. I, I Personally, before you get rolling, I'm going to give you my opinion. I think the first half went about as well as it could have. I was seriously impressed with Brock Purdy. I think he really is a guy. He's well able to play at this level. That was a big time game for him. He's now 6-0 and as a starting quarterback. Geno Smith is a career backup. He did have a career year, obviously, for himself. So he did well to make the playoffs, like you said. I don't think he can necessarily put any of the loss on his shoulders. I think he did himself proud. I think he did the team proud. But anyway, before we start breaking into the maybe more statistics of the game, how do you feel it went? Give us your initial and now kind of one weekend over uh, reaction to how the game went. You already kind of teased us with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't really be upset as a Seahawks fan. You, you had to have known going into this game. I mean, the 49ers are stacked, like top to bottom. The, the secondary is maybe the only weak point, but they've still been playing well and they've improved over the year. Um, and and. That front seven is just relentless. There's no way it can survive against them. So the fact that we held in for, I mean, the guts of three quarters, really, until that fumble kind of turned the game in its head. Um,
0: I thought, yeah, went as well as you could, and we were never going to win that game. <laughs> what well, What do you think the keys were? What do you think the 49ers were able to do? Was it, like you said, just that fumble just really broke the spirit, or did they kind of wear and tear down the Seahawks a little bit, and then kind of explode then in the final quarter.
1: I think it was a bit of both, really. I mean, you could tell the Seahawks were just they played their hearts out in this game. And you could tell they really wanted it, but the the talent isn't there. They were exhausted by then. And then that, that fumble was just a backbreaker. And you could tell they looked so deflated after it, and you know, gave the 49ers momentum. And another thing was uh Jonathan Abrams being dirty. Again, yeah. pissed the 49ers off. And then, like, twisting, uh, was it Devo's, uh, uh injured it ankle? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that just pissed them off and gave them more fuel. So, um, yeah, the game went well. Uh, there's lots to look forward to. There was certain things, like, Tariq Wolland, as good as he's been, he played like a fifth-round rookie. You know, he's been playing the position for three years. He's going to have games like this, mm. so... It is what
0: it is. Ryan. what did you think of the game? Give us your initial reactions before we start breaking it down.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of positives here for the Seahawks to take out of this game, regardless of the scoreline, right? So the fact that they even made it to the playoffs with the roster that they have, and particularly with those deficiencies on run defense. We saw the 49ers run for 181 yards on them, and that has been kind of indicative of what's been happening all season to the, the Seahawks. So, they're you know, their offense performed actually pretty well in this game, the Seahawks did. So I'd be pretty confident moving into next season, pick up a few guys in the draft and maybe some free agents uh, to solidify that defense, and they're in with a real shot next season. Um, but, yeah, man, that 49ers offense is stacked and their defense is just unstoppable. So mm-hmm. they're going to be really, really strong moving all the way through until the Super Bowl.
0: Al, before we start talking about the 49ers, uh, did you feel like maybe the the offensive receiving core suffered a little bit from a lack of depth? Obviously, Tyler Lockett's had a phenomenal season, but do you think he, it maybe got a step too far against this excellent 49ers defense? DK Metcalf did go for 136 yards and two touchdowns. That's all you can really ask of him. Unfortunately, Tyler Lockett only managed 39 yards on the on the in the game and kate johnson was the second leading receiver with 39 yards as well is is that maybe just one little aspect that could that could take them from being doing well to getting into the playoffs to really competing in the playoffs next season
1: i mean that's been something that uh everyone's been saying for years now is the seahawks as good as some of the receivers have been they've just been lacking depth and it shows especially Especially when we're missing Tyler Lockett. Every single time, the offense just collapses. Tyler Lockett gets hurt for two or three games every year at this point. And the offense just collapses without him. And we need that depth. And we just haven't had it. And yeah, it definitely affects us. And especially in games like this, when you're playing against arguably the best defense in football.
0: Maybe on the defensive side, I'll struggle to get a few sacks. Do you think that could have helped them out if they got a just a little bit more pressure on Brock Purdy? Obviously a rookie, obviously only in a sixth start. Is that somewhere where maybe you might have hoped it in the moment that they they could have got a little bit more production out of?
1: Yeah, I was hoping for a bit more. Uh, Bruce Irvin got the only sack of the game. Um, I was hoping for more out of uh, Chenowethu and maybe Boye Mafe, who's been coming along uh, as the years. Uh, progressed but I mean again the the pass rush wasn't and hasn't been uh, a factor for us really this year we've had some impressive games and Nuosu was definitely an upgrade but you know again you're playing against uh, that offensive line and then Trent Williams who you're not getting past him so Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah for me I think even if that pass rush had been on fire on the day Brock Purdy seemed to be releasing the ball very, very quickly in that game. He's got such a a mature head on his shoulders in that case. Like He doesn't hold on to the ball too long. He knows how to escape the pocket when things do break down. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really impressed with the way he ran it. And I don't think even a stronger pass rush from the Seahawks would have made any difference because he was getting that ball out in two seconds, three seconds, really nice, quick passes and letting the guys on the receiving end do the work.
0: And on the 49ers end of things, we spoke and we'll speak a little bit more about their offense. But, Reen, do you think their defense is going to be a real key? The old adage is defense wins championships. Do you think this 49ers defense is good enough to go all the way to the Super Bowl? Drake Greenlaw had a great, great, great game. Fred Warner, always good. Nick Bosa looked dangerous. Eric Armstead looked dangerous. Pretty much depth and strength across the board in that front four and back four.
2: Right, exactly. And they had this last season, but the issue was the injuries upon injuries upon injuries. Now, this season, they have had their fair share of injuries, but they've managed to keep their core guys around, and that's really helping them out. So they have built a very, very solid foundation, and they've built up depth along the way as well. So they're going to be a defense to be reckoned with uh, for the, the the rest of the playoffs.
0: Al, the 49ers' offense have, of course, Christian McCaffrey, a dynamic player on the ground and catching the ball out of the backfield. They didn't actually have a rushing... uh, Sorry, they did have a rushing touchdown, but it was Brock Purdy himself who got it. He got all the rest of them through the air. How impressive is that to come in as a rookie quarterback and not have to rely on what is a very effective and dangerous ground game and being able to win the game from the pocket? He had a 324 yards... Three touchdowns, no interceptions. A fantastic game from him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to just credit all the playmakers, you know, Debo Ayuk, um, Christian McCaffrey, and then um the tight end's name for some Kittle. reason I can't remember. Kittle. Yeah, I mean, it, he's going to do well in that offense regardless. But you know, you can't just say it was because of them. He mm-hmm. he did play really really well. He uh, he escaped a lot of sacks. He's you know, he's quick. He gets the ball out, as uh, Re was saying. Um Yeah, I think he looks good. And I'm, I'm really impressed from Mr. Irrelevant.
0: Mm-hmm. Rian, uh Al mentioned there George Kittle. Do you think he's still a sleeping giant in this playoffs? Like They kept him a little bit under wraps. And I think that was maybe because of the effectiveness that Purdy was able to hit those further, deeper receivers during the game. Is he going to be leaned on a little bit more or maybe they're trying to keep him well-rested? He's obviously essential in the blocking scheme for those running backs. We saw some great ceiling blocks from him. Do you expect to see more of him or is this the kind of role that he's had in the 49ers offense now?
2: Well, I mean, I think we saw the kind of last four weeks of the season, the regular season, he had a massive impact on offense in catching the football, but this is a guy who can do everything, right? So even if he's not putting up stats On the box score, he's still going to be out there making plays for that offense. I think on that uh, Debo Samuel touchdown, he had one of the best just crack blocks I've ever seen in my life to spring him. Uh, And yeah, he's just been great in that respect. And I think he's got that kind of mentality that he doesn't need to be the guy filling the stat sheet. He just wants to be on the winning side. And uh, yeah, I think that's a a great uh, asset to have as a tight end
0: right before we leave it I'm going to get you to give me a call Al do you think the 49ers are true Super Bowl contenders after that first wild card game
1: Yeah as much as it pains me to say it I think they are um you know I think they'll be given some games uh, next week they might have a tough time but I don't know I don't I don't see anyone you know who'll definitely stop them
0: uh, Rain, what about you
2: Yeah, I mean, if it came down to it, if it came down to a championship game between themselves and the Eagles, I think I'd be back in the 49ers to go through to the Super Bowl.
0: Right, we'll move on. The next game on the slate was the Chargers against the Jaguars and what a game it was. Started off really poorly for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, three interceptions, I believe, all in the first quarter or certainly the first half, four interceptions in the first quarter in the first half. That's not a way to win football games, except apparently now it is. How much of this do you put on the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley? Their offensive coordinator, Lombardi, has already been fired earlier today. We're recording this on Tuesday evening. Ryan, is that a bit of a scapegoat move? Is that going to be enough to save Brandon Staley's job? Or should he have fallen on a sword and fired himself alongside Lombardi?
2: I don't think it should be enough. I think, you know, for Staley, he's been in that job long enough and he doesn't have a single win under his belt. He's built stacked roster, after sorry, single playoff win under his belt. He's built stacked roster after stacked roster and somehow they always fall short. And I think some of that needs to be put on the head coach's shoulders. At this point, if I was the owner or general manager, I would be calling for Staley's head because it's just not good enough at this juncture of his career um, and yeah, time to take a chance on someone new
0: Al I want to talk to you about a man that you know quite well, how sickened were you to see Gerald Everett put up over 100 yards in the playoffs, I don't know how he was received in the Seahawks fandom and how they felt when he did leave, he's obviously been gone a couple of seasons now playing with the Rams last season what did you make of that? Is he, is that a, a player that you that you missed that you didn't expect to have this kind of run in him, or are you kind of wishing for that for him back?
1: Um, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, he he definitely had that playmaking ability in him um, that was clear by a lot of the plays he made in Seattle, but um, he did he did have a fumbling problem, so he was definitely uh, it uh, received. Uh, definitely mixed between uh, the fan base but uh yeah no it's always good to see uh, players I, I, I never hate a player for having a good game mm. so um yeah i mean props to him
0: he definitely had a good game and shame that it was wasted rain obviously we see a lot i think teams in the nfl get up to a big win and it either goes <laughs> one way or the other they run away with it completely Or they take their foot off the gas if they get ahead too early and we see them play too conservatively and let the other team get back into it. And once they get a foothold, that's the end and they can't react fast enough to turn back on the gas. Justin Herbert didn't play badly. 253 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions. Wasn't the most accurate day from 25 of 43. Were you hoping maybe there's a lot of hype about this guy? He's still very young. I think everyone agrees he's going to be a very good quarterback and he's going to have some longevity in the NFL, but were you a little bit disappointed that he himself couldn't do a little bit more from the quarterback position to get them through to the to finish this game with a win?
2: Yes and no. I mean, when you have a superstar quarterback on your roster, you want to be able to put the game on his shoulders and, uh, and kind of ride him all the way to the finish. But at the same time, he can only do as well as his offensive coordinator allows him to do. They called a very, very uh, conservative game after they went up by three scores and i think that's what killed them in the playoffs it really is a case of you need to put the foot down and keep the foot down leave no room for error um and i think they just kind of slipped up in that case uh but like you said herbert is going to have a long and illustrious career and i hope he does get a few playoff wins under his belt i don't want this to become a monkey on his back because he is a very very talented young man
0: Al. One quarterback that got the first win under his belt at the first time of asking, Trevor Lawrence on the other side. We already mentioned the four interceptions, but he had four touchdowns to make up from that for, to four different receivers. Even Evan Engram, of all people, and we could talk to Jake about him, managed to grab a touchdown in the playoffs. How impressed were you by his resilience? There was obviously these kind of far-fetched uh knocks on him during the draft process when he kind of suggested that yeah I love playing football but it's not my whole life I've other goals that I want to achieve and people kind of knocked him and said he wasn't really bought in to this football life I think he's proved now if he had any doubters that this guy's willing to stick around and he's got a tough fighting competitive spirit that'll make sure he drives and tries to win every single football game he's involved in
1: yeah I was really impressed um a lot of uh certainly longer tenured Q- QBs would buckle under that pressure after throwing four tu- or four interceptions and then being down by that many points. Um, they pretty much would have just given up on the game. And it's also a testament to the coaching. I mean, Doug Peterson has worked wonders with that team. They didn't start off brilliant uh, on the season, but uh, I'm really impressed by um, Herbert and Doug
0: Peterson and... I mean, the team
1: as a whole—they've—they've they've done really well. So, hmm.
0: Ryan, they made headlines. The Jaguars did when they gave Christian Kirk wide receiver one money for what is arguably wide receiver two. He didn't have a bad game on the weekend. Were you surprised with his output this season, or did he kind of live up to what you thought he was?
2: I mean, he doesn't live up to his contract, right? You want him to be putting up kind of thousand yards, double digits touchdowns. I'm not sure, 100, percent what his. Uh, stat line was by the end of the season but i don't think it was up there with the likes of you know um, digs or anybody like that uh but at the same time he was a very very reliable target for lawrence uh, and he did fill that role as wide receiver one in the jacksonville jaguars very very well uh still questions as to whether he should have been paid that much money. But, you know, if they're going to keep him around for the next four years, it's probably going to look like a good investment if himself and Lawrence can continue to grow that kind of chemistry that they have gone at the minute.
0: While we're on the subject, what about number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, only a couple of tackles, half a sack. Is that a good enough return for a number one overall pick? We've obviously seen, uh, we've seen what's, uh, Hutchinson has done for the Detroit Lions obviously not in the same place as the Jaguars where this season in order to compete but he really has caught a lot of eyes and a lot of attention yeah are you a little bit disappointed I mean a lot of people were kind of shocked when it when it came true that that's where the first overall pick was gone
2: yeah uh, look, you always want your number one guy to uh, to succeed straight off the bat. but I think specifically with Trayvon Walker, it was kind of a pick for the future. They looked at his um like his his dimensions, they looked at his intangibles and they just saw at an ideal player for the position that he plays, right He was always a little bit raw even coming through college. Uh, so I think they were kind of using this season as a development season for him. Uh, You obviously can't sit him on the bench and let him watch because he's a number one overall pick. Uh, But I would like to see further down the line. I'm not going to be too concerned is what I'm trying to say by this performance in the playoffs uh, because he does look like he has a lot of upside and hopefully the Jaguars can get that out of him.
0: Well, Al, for all the upside we've just talked about and all the positivity we have on the Jaguars side of things, they are going to face the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. That is their prize prize for beating the Chargers. How far do you think the the Jaguars can go? Are they Super Bowl contenders?
1: I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders, but I don't know that the Chiefs are a lock next week. Their defense has been disappointing all year, even in the good games. So I I wouldn't be sure. I'd I'd say the Jags can definitely pull off the upset. I don't know they can go all the way, but... I don't have a huge amount of faith in a lot of AFC teams
0: this year. Ryan Jaguars against the Chiefs, you've seen the upset as well? Uh,
2: there's nothing more dangerous than a team with nothing to lose, and I think the Jaguars have absolutely nothing to lose. Come on from that position where they are worst in the league last year, and now they're playing against arguably the best team in the league Uh coming up next week. And, you know, they don't have anything to lose. So what's to stop them going out and just playing hard and maybe, just maybe, getting that upset? But if I was to bet on it, I'm taking the Chiefs.
0: Great. Next up was the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen playing against the uh, rookie, Skylar Thompson in the, the Miami Dolphins. And what a game that was, guys. I don't think anyone saw Scarlett Thompson being able to hang in there the way that he did. Only a field goal victory, a one-score victory for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure they ever looked completely threatened in that they were going to lose the game, but I was certainly surprised how close and how tight the uh, Miami Dolphins managed to keep it as they went through the game. Ryan, what were your initial impressions of the game? And maybe start off with how you felt Scarlett Thompson played.
2: I think Skylar Thompson pre- played pretty well. You know, he's another seventh round guy, uh, playing in his first um, career uh, playoff game, and I think you know he, he didn't do too badly. Like he had that interception that was really really bad, where they were I think it was third and nineteen inside their own five. But I I place most of the blame on the offensive coordinator there for throwing or for running those um those go routes into shell coverage that to me just doesn't make sense throw the ball underneath get yourself some yards I know Al, you hate screens on third and long but um that's what I would have done in that situation just get yourself a bit of room uh, and let the punter punt the ball away because at that stage I think they were up by a point Um yeah I-, I didn't really much like the way that the producers kept cutting to Teddy Bridgewater to kind of go oh, if Teddy Bridgewater was in, maybe he'd be doing a little bit better. He obviously wouldn't. Um, But yeah, I think he did well. And I think the Bills got lucky that Tua wasn't playing in this game because he could have really changed it.
0: Al, something interesting I want you to comment on is the Miami Dolphins defense. They managed to rack up seven sacks on this Buffalo Bills offense. Is that something to make you very nervous about the Buffalo Bills going forward in these playoffs?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the Dolphins pass rush has been good all year, like above average, but they haven't been that good. If they're getting seven sacks on the Bills, I mean, who are Super Bowl favorites for a lot of people, that should be worrying. I mean, they almost beat themselves. It wasn't that the Dolphins almost beat the Bills. It's They just made so many mistakes on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would worry me a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: And Rian, another cause for concern maybe of the Buffalo Bills is the Miami Dolphins unfortunately couldn't get any kind of run game going. That's not going to be the case for teams deeper into the playoffs. A lot of these teams have very good run games that the Bills are going to come up against. Would that make you nervous if you're the Buffalo Bills that maybe they didn't get a true test and what they were tested against gave them a lot of problems?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, their, their, their defense has been... Pretty good all season, but since they lost Von Miller, um, it has not been as good. They haven't really got to the, the quarterback as often, and they somehow have lost something in their, in their run defense as well. So, yeah, like you said, on that AFC side of the, the ball, there are some teams who can really run it, right? So, like, say, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, they have Joe Mixon. They have Samaji Peer in there. Uh, they're guys who can run the football hard. And I think that's going to be a concern for the Bills moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. And as well, the running game for the Buffalo Bills themselves wasn't fantastic. They did manage to get over 100 yards by committee, some of that by Josh Allen. But Josh Allen obviously also threw two interceptions, which is very unlike him. Given that, how, even though he threw for over 300 yards and they had two huge days out of Stefan Diggs, And uh, Gabe Davis, Al, do you think there's enough there to really warrant uh, sweats if you're a Buffalo Bill fan, or is this kind of us trying to drum up some hype, drum up some controversy against what is, let's be honest, one of the stronger teams in the NFL at the moment? Uh,
1: no, I think any worry is definitely warranted because, let's be honest, if two are players in this game, Miami wins, Mm. Uh, and I think they win pretty handily. given that they put up 31 points. Uh, with and they Skylar had a lot Thompson. of
0: drops as well. A lot of big, a lot of big good pros by Skylar Thompson were dropped yeah. by guys that don't only drop it.
1: Um, I would be really worried going forward if they can't clean this up. I mean, they, they will lose the next game if they don't clean it up. They, they have to play better. Josh Allen stuff has to stop throwing picks. They fumbled a the ball uh three times and they got really lucky that they were able to recover two of them. Um, yeah definitely if I was in you know if I was part of the team or if I'm a fan I am worried about the next game
0: okay well while we're on it Al you're worried about the next game The, the next game in the divisional round is against the Bengals as Rean said a very good team with a very good run game are the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl contenders in your eyes yes or no
1: uh hard to say because I'm not I'm not really convinced about uh, a lot of the teams. I'm going to say no. Okay. No, not 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 with the last game.
0: Ryan, do you follow along those lines or do you think maybe a little blip in the road and these guys are going to roll all over the Bengals next week? I'm gonna
2: give a caveat and say if they get by the Bengals, they are uh-huh. but I, <laughs> so If they not... get to the semi-finals, they have a good <laughs> well, chance yeah, of making exactly. the finals. Yeah, Is that yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, 100 yeah. yeah, percent But the Bengals are no pushover. That it, it's a strong side of the draw, right? They have the Chiefs in there, the Bengals in there, and the Bills in there. And those guys are really only separated by that. like they're they're strong in different areas. So yeah. I mean, if the run game goes off for Cincinnati in the next game, we could see them overthrow the Bills. And, uh, yeah, if that is the case, obviously the Bills are not Super Bowl contenders.
0: The next game, guys, that hit our eyeballs was the New York Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan Kirk Cousins. Is a time that he gets fired For being a waster of a quarterback, he breaks people's hearts. He gets you to the playoffs and he immediately capitulates. And I I feel sorry for him. Well, I don't feel sorry for him, but I had hopes for him. He finally won a primetime game during the season, a convincing primetime game during the season. I thought, this is it. He's finally found his bottles. He's going to be finally able to do it in the big time when the lights are on and the cameras and everyone's looking at him. And then Daniel Jones showed up, did one Statue of Liberty and the man could never recover after that. Where is Kirk Cousins' career in your eyes? Am I just scared from his time at the Washington Commanders, or do you see it in a similar light?
2: I I understand your sentiment, Fiona. I really do. I have not liked this guy for a long, long time. But to be just writing him off as a bottler for this specific game is a little bit much. He had a decent game through the air. He didn't throw any picks. And he had a couple of touchdowns. So I, I, he didn't do a whole lot wrong. What was wrong with that uh, Vikings team overall was their defense. They allowed Daniel Jones to just do whatever the hell he wanted in that game. Um, so yeah, feel a little bit sorry for him in this one because he did what he could. But at the same time, you got to start winning primetime games. Just no, no matter what the situation is, uh, if you're playing well. You gotta play better to win those games.
0: Well, Al, I, I think will... they were really let down by the Justin Jefferson in at quarterback. He went oh for or one for one for negative two yards. That negative two yards happened to also land with Kirk Cousins. A terrible receiving day from <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Uh how did you see him? Sorry, I interrupted you. Tell us how you saw Kirk Cousins and how you see his legacy at the moment.
1: Um yeah, I was just gonna add in it. The game overall is not on Kirk Cousins. That much is clear. Uh, it's on the defense, and I think uh, Donatel should be scared because I think he might get fired. Um, I think that's their defensive coordinator. Um, but it's it's not, not on him because fourth and eight, game on the line, season on the line, and you throw anywhere behind the sticks is just unacceptable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unacceptable. It's cowardly. It's dumb. Take a shot downfield, your season's on the
2: line, and he's in, in man coverage as well, which is just daft. I get if but, they're yeah. playing a zone, it's, throw it's, it under beat it. The, but the only thing coverage. I can think
0: of is that maybe Hawkinson was had 129 yards in the game. Maybe they were hoping, like, just get it in. He's the one making the plays at the moment, get the, it in his hands. The defender let's see if he can make a man miss, and let's go. Def,
1: the defender's a foot behind him. Mm. and he's three yards behind or beyond the line of scrimmage like on a fourth and eight it's one of the more boneheaded plays i've seen to be honest like it's fine whatever if it's you know earlier in the game but that's the game that's Mm. the play either either you win or you lose and that you absolutely cannot throw behind the sticks on that one so that yeah it's not on him but it's not not on him Mm. i'd forgotten about that one yeah so
2: i'm a (laughs) certified bottler (laughs)
0: uh, before we move on to the New York Giants TJ Hawkinson very good trade in your eyes he obviously had 129 yards as I mentioned didn't get a touchdown uh, but he had 129 yards on 10 receptions solid day for any tight end he obviously came over from the Detroit Lions in a divisional trade how do you rate that trade now with the hindsight given that okay they've made the playoffs they haven't managed to win that playoff game but he did have a big game. He did everything he could, including being thrown to on the last on the last trial that that didn't make it where he needed to go.
2: Yeah, he's he's had a big game and he's had a big season with the uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I would grade this as like a an A plus plus on the trade scales when I'm talking from a, a a Vikings side of the ball. Now I don't know what the Lions were thinking, giving them away inside the division uh particularly when they were in a position where they could have made the playoffs themselves you know Mm -hmm. you want all your playmakers around it was a bit bizarre but yeah look he's with the vikings now and they're looking all the better for it
0: we'll switch our focus to the new york giants and when did you know that daniel jones was the most dangerous dual threat quarterback in the nfl He ran the uh, ball 17 times yesterday. For context, Saquon Barkley ran it nine times.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants obviously saw something there because a lot of those runs were designed runs. So obviously they noticed that the uh, the Vikings couldn't spy a quarterback to save their lives, and he just got out. He's got a lot of speed, um, and yeah, he just, he just ran all over them. Um, fair play to him. He's playing himself into a contract for sure. Uh, So, yeah, go get that bag, Daniel Jones.
0: Would this be, Rian, a Dak Prescott 2.0 where another team in the NFC East absolutely bankrupts themselves on a ginormous quarterback contract, only for the quarterback never to deliver on a single cent that they've been paid?
2: Uh, I hope they don't do that because Daniel Jones (laughs) is not that guy. He's not that guy. (laughs) He's not an 150 million dollar quarterback. Like, give him 50 million or 75 million Uh, over a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty fair.
1: I think even Daniel Jones knows Daniel Jones isn't that guy. (laughs) Maybe, maybe pay him as a running back, Al. I think it'll work.
0: (laughs) It seems to be. Uh, how good? I mean, let's not say even how good is Saquon Barkley. I mean, everyone's talked that to that since he got into the league, but Al, what a pity he plays for the New York Giants and not a good team like the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> How many yards could that man have and touchdowns if he played under a good offensive line?
1: About a billion. Um no, I I think like there'd be a realistic shot about as as there could be of him running for, you know, two thousand yards and you know, fifteen touchdowns uh in San Francisco.
2: Offensive he is MVP? so good. Not with the line. Not, not with the Giants. If we put him on a
0: good team, do you reckon he has a chance to get oh, an yeah. offensive un,
2: MVP?
1: Oh un, yeah, unquestionably, unquestionably.
0: Rick, how impressed were you? Let's get away from slagging Daniel Jones. Let's give him a couple of compliments. How impressed were you with his performance? He was very accurate. He was on time. with a lot of his balls. I saw a lot of clips. They come out fast, they come out on target, they come out on a line, and his receivers are in a position to catch them. Is this the best he's played so far this season? And can he keep this going, going through these playoffs?
2: Well, he's actually had a couple of games like this throughout the season. He's had some very, very nice games. He seems like quite a cerebral guy, right? He seems to understand the game of football very, very well. And he's doing all of this with a receiver core that has just been put together together from bits and pieces of different practice squads. I, I think it's a very, very impressive performance that he's put in throughout the season, never mind in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I'm I'm very, very impressed.
0: Al, New York Giants, their prize for beating the Minnesota Vikings is a game against divisional foe Philadelphia Eagles. We saw in the Dolphins-Bills game that sometimes a slightly outmatched opponent can really cause a lot of headaches when they're a divisional rival and they have played each other a lot over the course of multiple seasons and obviously twice within the last season. Is there any chance in your eyes that the New York giants can go and knock off what at one stage were the best team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Um, I don't think there's a big chance, but I wouldn't rule them out. Um, as, uh, as Rui was saying earlier, um, or uh, maybe you, um, you know, they, they don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, they came in same as a lot of teams, just no expectations for the year. And then they've made it to the playoffs and they've won a game now. You know, I don't think any of them are expecting to make it to the Super Bowl, but I think they're gonna give it everything they have.
0: And finally, Al, contenders or not, in your no. eyes.
1: No. no, I don't think so. They're they really ent- impressive, but no. <laughs>
0: Rian, wrap us up here. Where do you see the New York Giants season going against the Philadelphia Eagles coming up in the divisional round? Are they contenders? Are they not? How do you see? Obviously, you don't need to break down the game. We'll be hopefully doing that later on in the week. But where do you see the rest of this season going for the New York Giants?
2: Yeah, I don't know whether Jalen Hurts is back for the next game. I think he probably is. Um, So if he is... I don't see it going much further than the next game. And if he's not, I don't see it going much further than the next game. It's going to be a Philadelphia Eagles win.
0: Okay, we'll leave that there and we'll take on our next game. Second to last game saw the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals won 24 17 on a last minute grab or, sorry, fumble return for 98 yards by Hubbard spectacular play spectacular win very good game again Al from a quarterback that we weren't expecting to have a good game
1: um yeah I mean the the Ravens you know they they had a few issues but they look good Tyler Huntley was actually really impressive in this game I didn't have any expectations I thought it was just going to be a Bengals win I haven't been impressed by the Ravens at all this year and they, they put up a fight, and Tyler Huntley looked good, apart from a couple of mistakes. But, yeah, I was impressed by Huntley today, or yesterday.
0: Ryan, the uh, Baltimore Ravens kind of limped into these playoffs, as we spoke about on our review show on Week 18. How do you feel they played? Did they put up enough of a fight? Obviously, they had a great chance. There was a Hail Mary right at the end that just came off the fingertips in the back of the end zone. Do you think they gave themselves credit? I saw a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of guys insisting if they had Lamar Jackson, this game was won. Do you see that? Is it as clear-cut as it is for the Dolphins and Tua for you? Or is there a little bit more mud in the water in terms of whether Lamar Jackson would have been enough to win this game for the Baltimore Ravens?
2: Um, To be honest, like obviously Lamar Jackson gives you that extra little bit. He's much more dangerous off running plays. Not that... Tyler Huntley is that bad himself. Um he's just kind of like a diet Lamar Jackson. Um but that being said, you know, is he really going to have that much of an effect? I think that the Cincinnati Bengals probably didn't play up to the to the best of their abilities in this one. Um and I think maybe they probably had enough talent in them to win this game regardless of whether um Lamar Jackson was playing. I think they just find a way to win.
0: Yeah, Al, I think for me, something that stands out on the Baltimore Ravens side of things before we move on to the Bengals and speak about them is I think it's been so long since they've had their full wide receiver core available to them. Obviously, as well, Mark Andrews got knocked up, uh, banged up for a couple of weeks. He was out and it took him a while to get back on his feet. He did have a good game in this one, five receptions for 73 yards. But overall, I think it's fair to say the Ravens have not been at full strength for a while and while every NFL team has to overcome injuries and sometimes crucial injuries i think in the playoffs you need a lot of luck and you need a lot of roster health they just didn't have that i feel
1: yeah the the ravens aren't all that deep um and whenever even when they're playing if anyone's even slightly injured um i don't i don't think they can overcome uh, a lot of that talent deficit um i mean they they played well um, I just think uh, they're they're not a real contender yet because they're just missing too many pieces. And Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator.
0: So, or was did he
1: get fired? I I'm think actually not sure.
0: That, that news hasn't trickled down to us yet. Anyway, we'll have to we'll have to track that down. We can we can inform everyone later on in the week. While we're on the subject, Joe Burrow also didn't have the best game, as Rian mentioned, 209 yards. A touchdown, no interceptions, reasonably accurate day, 23 for 32. But the run game also on the Cincinnati Bengals side, while we lauded them when we spoke earlier about how they might give the Bills some trouble, they didn't really get going in this game, Al, only 51 total yards. Is that a concern? Joe Mixon uh, led with 11, and then Joe Burrow had five carries for just nine yards. Is that going to be a concern? That maybe they don't have the firepower coming up against this Buffalo Bills defense, where, as we mentioned before, that could be a chink in the formidable armor.
1: Uh, I wouldn't be overly worried about it. Uh, the Ravens' defense has come along um, as the years went on, and they had they had a pretty good game, um, especially in the run defense. They were pretty solid uh, in their front seven. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be a huge issue, but yeah, you, you'd expect. Uh, especially makes him to be going for a lot more than um, what was it, about 40 yards he went for. Mm-hmm. You need him to go for more than that against the Bills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, stood
2: out to me, what stood out to me about that game more so than the lack of production from the running backs was the four sacks that Joe Burrow took. Uh, if he keeps taking sacks like this, and we saw it last season, he's not going to have a very long career because he's just going to be broken. And he really needs just more protection to get those games won. Uh, in these playoffs where things are going to be very, very tight.
0: Speaking of sacks, we the Bengals defense managed to only rack up two. Tyler Huntley, obviously in the mold of Lamar Jackson, definitely a mobile dual threat quarterback. I think that's fair to say. Looking at the matchup going forward against Josh Allen, we know what he can do with his legs. We know how savvy he is with using his legs as well. Does it concern you the two sacks that the Bengals got? And will they definitely need to to increase production if they're going to compete against this Buffalo Bills offense?
2: Well, I think they will uh, do better against this Buffalo Bills offense. You know, the the Ravens O-line is pretty good. The Bills O-line is not very good at all. Uh, so I expect them to get more pressure on uh, Josh Allen than they did on Tyler Huntley. Um but yeah, my my main concern on that defense would be the fact that Eli Apple is playing out there at cornerback. Uh, he, at least he did come into the game and he got cooked a couple of times in that game. So yeah, I'd be worried about that because Josh Allen can kill you deep. And that's where Eli Apple is most, uh, most prone to giving up plays.
0: Yeah, uh, we saw that as well uh, in previous seasons, Eli Apple being... Kind of overmatched sometimes, and he is a big talker, as a lot of the cornerbacks are. That'll be very interesting to follow. And another thing, as well, obviously, we saw Sam Hubbard take a fumble all the way back 98 yards for what would be the winning score in the end. That was brought on because Tyler Huntley had to run for the t- final two yards to try and get a touchdown instead of handing the ball off to J.K. Dobbins. That obviously ended up in a turnover. This is a very roundabout question, but I'm getting to the point now. Turnovers and Bengals turnovers. We saw Josh Allen throw two interceptions last week. Can the Bengals, in your opinion, force a few more turnovers and put pressure on this high-powered Bills offense?
1: I think they can. Uh, They're they're capable of it, and I think that is the key to the game. They, They have to generate those turnovers. If they let the if they let Josh Allen and the Bills, um, you know, go unchecked and throw for their, you know, fifty sixty yard touchdowns, I think that's game over. You know, as much as I said the Bills should be scared, it, it there there is a way they can pretty easily beat the Bengals. Um, as Ray was saying, Eli Apple is just he's not it, and mm-hmm. he can be exploited all day in that game.
0: Ryan. As we wrap up this game, the Bengals clunky in the first playoff game. They now come into the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills. Are the Bengals Super Bowl contenders in your eyes?
2: Um I'm gonna say yes, they got the they got the bump in the road out of the way nice and early. That that touchdown, by the way, the Sam Hubbard touchdown shouldn't have even stood. There was quite a clear block in the back on Mark Andrews in that in that return, but it was never called. Um, so, yeah, bump out of the way. Now they can go ahead and just play ball. And I think they will play ball versus uh, the Bills. Whether they come out of that game is a different question, but they are contenders.
0: Al, what's your opinion? Contenders or not? I think they are. Um, but
1: the Eli Apple is the big question here. Can can they help him? Because he, he's he's not it, you know. So they, they'll have to help him not give up those those big plays
0: okay we'll move on to our final game of what was the super wild card weekend and that was the dallas cowboys beating tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers 31 14 Ring, let's start and give credit where credit's due Dak prescott got that playoff win the monkey is gone how important is that for him in your eyes
2: it's it's, it's the most important thing in his career to have gotten that monkey off the back, as he said, getting that first playoff win and getting five touchdowns on the way there, four passing, one rushing, an exceptional performance from Dak Prescott. He started out a little bit jittery the way he started. I thought, oh, this is going to be a bad day for him. The, the books will find a way. But, you know, once he got himself rolling, he settled down. Uh, he got nice and rhythmic with his plays and yeah, you just had an excellent day overall.
0: Al, should he start kicking the PATs as well?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think he should. What the hell is
0: wrong Brett. with Brett Maher? He has one job. <laughs> Here the, that's the easy bit. It, it, literally, it doesn't get any easier than that bit.
2: Yeah, I, I saw the scoreline this morning, and it was like thirty-one to whatever it was, and they Dak had five touchdowns, and my brain started whirring, going like, <laughs> "How does this make sense?" <laughs>
1: Yeah, and they they weren't just like near misses. He shanked all of them <laughs> in
0: a dome.
2: Not in a dome.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was in the book. Was it a hurricane? I didn't actually get to see the game. Was it in a hurricane?
2: No, no, no.
0: So there's really no excuse.
2: The the biggest cheer of the night was when he got his PAT on the <laughs> uh, on the fifth touchdown. All of the books fans just went crazy for him.
0: <laughs> Ryan, we gave Dak Prescott some credit. But now I'm going to pose as a Washington Commanders fan a big question. And I think actually a fair question. I am happy that he got the monkey off his back. And I do believe that that for him is a big deal. However, the Cowboys are paying Dak Prescott like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he remains two wins from the Super Bowl and three wins from winning the Super Bowl. Is it enough to just win a playoff game given how much money they're forking out per year for this guy? I'm for not him, sure. a big for him a big deal, sure. But in the grand scheme of things, is it good enough?
2: Are the Cowboys gonna be happy to only have one playoff win this season? Absolutely not. They're gonna want more and more, and I don't think. Thankfully enough, that's going to rest on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. It's going to rest on the shoulders of that magnificent defense. They are just dominant in every aspect of the game. So Dak Prescott doesn't really need to do that much uh, to win games in this system. So, yeah, if they do end up going out, you would really want to start raising questions as to why that contract was given to him in the amount that it was. Uh, but at the end of the day, we are still only one game down. He might go on and win two or three more this season. So let's hold off on the criticism until he does actually lose a game.
0: I'm just polishing my rifle. I'm ready when that loss comes in. <laughs> Anything less than raising a Super Bowl, in my opinion, you're underpaying. Okay. Dak Prescott. I think maybe now the argument can be made, is he overrated or underrated? Fine. But I still think, until he actually wins the Super Bowl, there's no question he's overpaid. Because he's paid like a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's got nowhere near that so far. So yes, I agree. This is a good start. Personally, for him, I think getting that playoff win is a good thing. But for me, as a fan, not as a Cowboys fan, but as an NFL fan, I think that's not good enough in the grand scheme of things. If you want that money, you have to step up and you have to win Super Bowls, not even just get to Super Bowls. You have to put them away. You have to win the big prize. That's why you're getting extraordinary money. It's reset the market when they pay for them. And I think one playoff win, as you mentioned, Dreen, that's just not a good return on investment. Now, they may win more, but like I'll say, in general, playoff wins alone. Are not a good enough fraternal investment. There has to be a trophy at the end against Ow. a losing team. Against a losing team. Let's not forget. And an aging Tom Brady. Before we move on to the aging Tom Brady, uh, Ryan mentioned how good this Dallas defense is. They've been good all year. Micah Parsons is a story at a sack, two tackles for a loss in this game in what is a relatively quiet game for him. They only had two sacks and one interception in general, but I don't think anyone. Uh, would be too concerned about that. I think that's good enough. And they certainly put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers away convincingly. Is this a juggernaut of a defense? Is this going back to the old school defense wins championships in your eyes, Al?
1: I don't think we're quite there. I think that might be a bit of a stretch. They are very good. uh, Absolutely. No doubt about that. But I don't see them as a juggernaut. Like, you know, they're, they're not, You know the likes of the 2000 ravens or the 2012 seahawks or anything like that not even close um and there won't be for a long time um but i think i think it's 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 them and the 49ers um are up there for the best defenses and they are great they have been great all year you know they've been making plays they've shown that you know they are one of the best and i think they can definitely you know, if, if they can keep up this level of play, I think they can definitely make it all the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Rian, where did it all go wrong for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in your eyes? Um, yeah, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it?
2: I think um, Byron Leftwich is asking the same question. Um, They just have not been able to run the ball at all this season. Uh, I I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I think they, they ran the ball like nine times in the game, and that's just not a... A, um, a formula for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think with the likes of Leonard Fournette there in the team that they would at least be able to consistently run the ball for two, three, four yards, but it just hasn't been the case and it was the same again. And when you start trying to put the entire game on the shoulders of a 45-year-old quarterback, you are going to
0: run into issues. An astounding 66 66- pass attempts for Tom Brady by the end. They were obviously chasing the game. Uh, But yeah, we're in 12 rushes in total for 52 yards on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Playoff Lenny is no more. He's played his way off the pitch, I'm afraid. And he's going to be watching the rest of the playoffs at home. Al, where do you see Tom Brady next season? He obviously gave a quite, in my opinion, quite a predictable vague answer he's an old guy he's on year-to-year contracts he's not committing to anything now at this point we saw last season he was gone and then he came back so anything is on the table i've already seen rumors that the las vegas raiders would like to sign him next season where do you think in these early days and we'll we'll have a lot of chance to go through this in the off season but way too early where do you see tom brady starting week one next season
1: I don't see him anywhere, to be honest. I mean, you know, in in previous years, you know, it's Tom Brady. He's great, and he's still playing great. But the shine has very much worn off, and he is not – he hasn't been good this year. Like, he's made some good throws all right, and, you know, he's had a couple of good games. But, you know, the the books don't have a bad roster, you know. The receiving core is really good, um, and he just – doesn't he's just not good enough. So mm-hmm. I don't see him anywhere. Um but then again, you know. Matt Ryan had a job, so Tom Brady exactly. will probably have a job
0: somewhere. <laughs> Ryan, have you any any landing spots in your mind for you? Is it the couch as well?
2: Uh, no. <clears throat> I think probably the Raiders will go all in to try and get him. And I think he will be a good fit out there. I think Tom Brady was the diamond on the turd that is the um The Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season, you know, he led the league in pass attempts on the season, and that's not something you should be doing to a guy of his uh, age and caliber and playing style. But yeah, so if he lands out there in Vegas, he's going to have himself a running back so long as they do decide to pay Josh Jacobs. What a decision that was not to do it last season. Um, And they have a nice receiving core out there as well. Uh, they might need to shore up on defense a little bit to maybe give him that platform to succeed. But I don't see that as a bad landing spot for him. I've also seen people talk about the return to New England because everybody hates Mac Jones for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, I don't see that one happening. So I would say it's probably the Raiders or the Sky – or not Sky, Fox Sports booth for
0: him. is. Is anyone surprised that a forty-plus-year-old quarterback is hypothesized to move from one retirement community in Florida to another retirement community in Arizona? (laughs) I think the man's just doing a bit of scouting. That's all he's doing. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in uh, Southern California down somewhere. If they they'll have to start the franchise from just to go and scout out the area. I think he's going to be staying in those looks. Retirement communities by the by the desert In one of them glass domes Or something, kissing his kids on the lips And uh, <laughs> s- Sending Giselle like, I miss you, XXX text messages At like 4 o'clock in the morning But anyway, that remains to be seen We were talking about the Buccaneers They did lose that game The Cowboys and Dak Prescott got their first Playoff victory How big will that be, Rian? They're going to face the very strong San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round. We spoke at length about whether we thought one playoff win was enough. Are they going to get playoff win number two? Are the Dallas Cowboys, in your eyes, Super Bowl contenders?
2: The short answer is no. Uh, It's going to be a slugfest between these two teams. I think both have uh, got... Decent offences and great defences. Obviously, the 49ers have a very, very good offence, but they're still limited by the fact that they have Brock Purdy in there. No disrespect to the guy. He is still a sevens-round talent. Um, so, yeah. I see it. the
0: talent in a seven-round. We should be <laughs> trapped in backwards.
2: <laughs> True, Yeah. No, but look, I, I see it being a slugfest. I see the uh, Cowboys running it close, but at the same time, I think the 49ers have too much for them. So I'm going to say, no, they're not Super Bowl contenders.
0: I'll throw your two cents in. Where do you see this going? It's
2: so hard to say with this
1: game coming up. Um, no. No, not unless Twice. they win this game. If they win this game, yes. Yes. But the classic. I sounds I like, really earlier on. Yes, if they no, win this game and the next I, game, then yes, I don't think they I don't think they, don't think they will. But um if they somehow do, then yeah, I think they are.
0: Right. We'll leave it there. Al has built a humongous fence and he sat right on top of it. <laughs> That's where we are <laughs> gonna sit until we see you guys again later on this week, where we give our previews for the divisional round games that we've teed up here this evening. Ryan thanks a million for joining me this evening. It's been a pleasure. Al, thank you for joining me this evening. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys all for listening. We will see you all later on this week where we preview the divisional round games in the NFL playoffs. Thank you and stay safe.